This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because those are plays. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into the prime to be the role models, dreams, and voices. About to show these boys how we do it. Higher, further, faster, baby. It's not about deserve. I'm not an owl! A girl has no name. There is something supernatural at work here. It's about what you believe. Did I step on your mom? The Guardian Leviosa. Now on. You do as I do. May the odds be ever in your favor. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Ready for this? Welcome to Geek Herring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, I'm Amanda, and with me today is my awesome, hilarious, and wonderfully not only that little bit dead by daylight co-host Monica. What? What did you just I don't say? know. What I don't know what just... I said, but we're going with it. <laughs> Shut up, Monica. Hi, Dead by Daylight player. <laughs> you just threw some random words out there and all I heard was Dead by Daylight. <laughs> so <laughs> who says that's not what I said? I mean, maybe that's exactly what you said. That's <laughs> very confusing. Oh, you God. know. <laughs> Hi, Amanda, though. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Moni. How's it going? <sighs> I'm exhausted. Number one, it's way too hot in here. Like, not, I mean, during this podcast too, but like, it's too hot in Austria. Not used to that, so that's not great. <laughs> um, and other than that, I had to play uh, too many minutes of Dead by Daylight um, today, which wasn't, which, which I never, do, never don't want to do again anymore, ever. Yeah, probably not. <sighs> How are you, though? I'm good. I'm really good. I um, I treated myself to a new Fitbit today, um, well, yesterday, because mine died conveniently yesterday. It's been dying, and yesterday it died. Um, so I took it's advantage of... It's been dying. Of, it's and been yesterday dying. yesterday it died. Yeah, it was very convenient, because I was like, oh, it's Prime Day. I should check out, you know, what if there's any deals on Fitbit since mine isn't doing so well and it's definitely going to like actually kick the bucket soon and I had it into charge and I pressed like pay and I bought the Fitbit yesterday and um <laughs> I picked up my Fitbit and it was like oh it's the, it doesn't turn on it's it's dead it actually died <laughs> which oh it actually died yeah it, like fully was dead and I was like oh this oh, is really no. sad but I upgraded and I treated myself and look, I've got like a, oh, you can't see it, a pride face. Yeah, I saw fun? that before. Yeah. I also heard you try, talk to it uh, five times and it didn't quite work. So I hope that's getting better with time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it told me the weather earlier. It just wouldn't set a reminder for me to do something tomorrow. Maybe it oh. was, maybe it can't do like those kind of reminders, but just fitness and health reminders. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's upsetting. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> That's very upsetting. <laughs> Isn't it? But we're not here to talk about my new Fitbit, even though that would be really... I'd, I actually think that would be a very boring stream. I couldn't even do it. I couldn't yes. even do it. No, we're here to talk about uh, something shadowy and bony. And we have a guest. And it's not porn. Just adding that to it. That's true. That sounded like it could have been a bit porn. Yes. It's not porn. <laughs> it's not porn. Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> <laughs> And we have a repeat guest on, which unfortunately the podcast listeners don't quite know. But we have Vicky Brewster on. Um, hi. Which we, hi, hi, Vicky. We already had an episode with you. 
but yes. the tech gods didn't want it to come out, which is really sad. Um, so you come in with all your glorious expertise on Shadow and Bone, and you're going to tell us that it, as it is. And I think you have to tell me a lot of things that I was missing because I have, because I have questions. Oh, yeah, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Neither Fun. of you have read the books, right? No. no. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. Before we get on to that, mm -hmm. ironically enough, I too have a new fitness tracker that arrived today. Yes, Look fitness at you tracker go. team. I think the Fitbit obsolescence thing was triggered for Prime Day because mine died as well. Um, wow. I switched over to a Polar Unite because I do Polar Les Unite. Mills and they, they like hook up and they get 30% off and, and, and it's, it's a whole thing. So I've been nice. trying to get used to it today yeah. that is very fancy like two hours ago so i'm it's very big compared to my very <laughs> yeah small i used to have the little thing and now i have a massive watch face mm -hmm. the, the, the very small one the single thingy one yeah mm. mm -hmm. but you get charge. used to it we used to wear watches in that size all the time exactly remember the g-shock you could hit people in the face with it like it was so big it was just a murder weapon at the same time. And I mean, That's a lot true. of my day is typing, so I'm moving that wrist around. So it's extra so it's like weight. It's kind of exercise. <laughs> <laughs> totally exercise. Yeah. I love how you, I love how you, <laughs> I love that, I love that, that, that thing behind it. Yeah. I think of the word Technicalities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Definitely. <laughs> um, so because we unfortunately and sadly, the tech gods, made Vicky's first appearance with Geek Herring totally poof. unusable. Poof. It's not poof. poof, it's just... And I will say, it was not Vicky's audio that was the problem, it was mine. And I don't even know why. Mm. So, like, th there is no blame on Vicky, and Vicky, you are not just, bringing the tech... It's uh, my force no. field of tech chaos. No, no it's are, not. No. No, I neutralize it, was... it with very good technical force field, so it's like... Um, yeah, and I'm just here with um, neutral Neutral. Tech. Yeah. Um, so we're going to learn a bit about you first, okay? Um, okay. Because we're, we're going to take you through a rapid fire round, and I'm going to introduce you, and then we're going to get here, go into the Shadow and Bone talk, okay? Okay, Doug. Okay. So Vicky Brewster. Hi. Is my Twitter friend. We met a couple years ago on book Twitter because Vicky is a freelance book editor, and since then... She is also the host of The Writing Haunt, which is a writer's retreat in spooky castles around the UK. And she is the founder of Books Outside the Box, which is a horror and speculative fantasy subscription Yeah, we, we call it spooky and speculative. Spooky and speculative. I like it. Because we like sp. sp <laughs> um, and that's a book subscription um, every single month that mm -hmm. you can get books and goodies delivered straight to your door. Anything you want to add, Vicky? How'd I do? I think that might be most of my strings. <laughs> okay. I am also uh, an academic. I'm studying for my PhD in English and I'm researching uh, hauntings in 21st century fiction. So I have, I have a very exciting speaking engagement coming up on the 1st of July, which is a pa uh, paper on Tade Thompson's Molly Southbourne series and looking at the monstrous feminine and survival. Ooh, that sounds really cool. Yeah, it um, should be, hopefully. Is it a public event or is mm -hmm. it through the university? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, being run by a group called CRSF, uh, which are the 
contemporary research into science fiction, I think. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's 1st and 2nd of July. If you check out their Twitter, they've got, or if you check out my Twitter, the pinned tweet at the moment is uh, for the registration. My Twitter is at vproofreader. But yeah, it's okay. looking like a really interesting conference. The keynote speakers look super cool. Oh, nice. Definitely be checking that out. Um, sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, thanks for sharing. And we'll put that information in the show notes as well. Rapid fire round, Vicky. Let's get to know you. Okay. Where are you from? Uh, originally from London, now living in South Wales. Ooh, what are your pronouns? She, her. We have a lot of people f- from Wales or living in Wales around these parts. Not these parts, but the <laughs> Twitch parts. <laughs> yeah? A lot? Okay, Th- like two? Three? No, <laughs> with Vicky, three. That's a lot. That's a lot. Four? I mean, we're small. I mean, Wales on its own is small, but South Wales is like a third of that. Well, I don't know if they're all from from South Wales, but from oh. Wales, sure. <laughs> but true. four, I four people. With <laughs> Vicky, it's four that I know of. That's four more people that I don't know. We already have three people also also in Northern Ireland, so. That's true. See? Mm-hmm. Keeping, keeping it open to all and the nations. We yeah. love the world. We love the um, world. We <laughs> love the world. <laughs> It's like we've gone into a Miss America competition. (laughs) World peace. We love the world. (laughs) (laughs) Broken. Oh, God. (sighs) I'm crying. We have that too. (laughs) This happened last time when we got onto farting. (laughs) Oh. I mean, that's a regular occurrence here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Was it you where I said I want to get paid for farting in a bag? Now we found out that people on Twitch do ASMR farts, and I'm like, this is my niche. Like, I can mm-hmm. get rich from this. <laughs> I worry mine would be too loud. I don't I do not do little, like, whispery ASMR farts. Yeah, proper that's claps, true. Proper applause. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to make that sound. I'll try. Let's not. It's okay. Um, let's continue with the rapid fire. Right. Fucking favorite people, I swear. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. And what are you a geek since, Vicky? So a year, maybe a story of your first geeky experience? Uh, so my first geeky experience was probably my dad reading me Lord of the Rings as a bedtime story when I was six and seven, because it lasted more than a year. I mean, I, I gather from earlier that Moni has feelings about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Don't get her started. It's, today it's not the something day that I'd go back to, I'm but it was definitely you. like a formative experience. <laughs> Oh, God. I'm not going to share another unpopular opinion today. (laughs) It's not one that I've ever been able to go back and read. But yeah, Yeah. my my dad definitely instilled a good nerdery into me from a young age. That's awesome. Um, So what are some of your biggest geeky influences if it's not Lord of the Rings? So you can think books, movies, TV shows, teachers, games, or something Um, else? So I grew up loving Harry Potter. Um, I think that was a big one. Before that, it was uh, The Dark is Rising by Susan Cooper. I feel mm. like my life has kind of been split into YA fantasy series that I've nerded out over. So it's kind of like Dark is Rising, Harry Potter, Buffy, mm, probably Hunger Games. And then the the last few years has been Grishaverse. So yeah, Shadow and Bone. Oh, Although I haven't yeah. read them all, so I'm a terrible fan. I have Siege and Storm up there waiting for me. 
Is that the, uh, the last one? No, that's the second one in the Shadow and Bone trilogy. Because I read Shadow and Bone and I wasn't that keen. Like, I loved Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom. And I kind of went, oh, great, I'll read the trilogy and read the first one. And it was kind of like, oh, it's it's a YA chosen one story. <laughs> mm. But now, having watched the series and kind of got into it again, I'm like, yeah, I should give it another shot. Okay. Well, I'm excited to hear more about this. But before that... What are your current geeky pastimes? Ooh, I'm currently running a game of uh, Blades in the Dark, which is a tabletop RPG that I'm really, really into at the moment, which kind of has crossover with the Ketadam crew and uh, like the Six of Crows storyline. Uh, it's a kind of steampunk world with no sun that is kind of a city that's enclosed in these electric barriers that's haunted and it's all about um, crews doing heists and, and gangs and stuff like that. It's kind of steampunk meets Peaky Blinders. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, that's what I'm really into at the moment. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot um, because I I don't know. I think I just let, enjoy hearing about more and different TTRPGs because it's just like the only popular one is D&D, which is, you know, great in its own merit. But like there is a... Uh, Vicky has feelings about that. <laughs> I have um, feelings about D&D. So <laughs> yeah, I'm usually a Call of Cthulhu game runner, um, but there are some really interesting kind of uh, indie horror RPGs that are coming out or have come out in the last little while. And then Blades in the Dark was something that I backed on Kickstarter a few years ago. And I think it was actually reading Six of Crows again that made me think, oh, I should really give that system actually a try. So yeah, we've we've put a crew together and we've done a heist and we're about to do a second one. So nice. cool. It's really nice as well because um, it's good to have, like there are different kinds of crews and our crew is a smuggler or a crew of smugglers. So it's not kind of hugely gritty. They're quite adventurous and dashing and yeah, there's a lot of swashbuckling and not so much stabby, miserable murder. Hmm. Interesting. So, like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, I was just thinking about swash swashbuckling murder was a good phrase. Ah, <laughs> 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 stab. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like my kind of murder. Well, <laughs> we all know about your kind of murder. <laughs> it's not very... Dancing. Da dancing around dying bodies is kind of swashbuckling. Mm. See? <laughs> Maybe. So it's just a cinnamon for being toxic. <laughs> Fair enough. Perfect. Fair cool. Enough. We're actually talking about Shadow and Bow, which you already kind of hinted at. And we already yeah. said it, I think. Yeah. So you've I read all the books, Vicky, right? I well, So I've read well, the, the book that the, that the first series is based on. Okay. Uh, the, the kind of the main storyline Alina part of it and I've read uh, the two books that are, that are the Ketadam crew but they made a new storyline because their books are set kind of I think it's about five years after the Shadow and Bone ones so they wrote a new okay. storyline so that they had an excuse to get the Ketadam crew in that is confusing oh. <laughs> it confused me to start off with because I knew that they were trying to weave them together but I spent probably the first two episodes going I d this isn't what I remember from the books I hadn't realized the that they'd written a new storyline I was like I know these characters <laughs> they've gone so to get the a heart render that's not Nina 
Yeah, I think it was Lee Bardiga wrote a new storyline for them. Oh, so there is no book for, for the exact storyline of the show because they weaved two books together with the show? They weaved one book with a new storyline for characters that exist in a different book. Okay, this is very complex. <laughs> it is. Okay, but before we go any further here, I'm putting a spoiler warning. Okay. Because I don't think that we can talk much more about the show and the books without without spoilers. Um, yeah. So if you have not seen Shadow and Bone um, and you care about spoilers, go listen to something else. Or in fact, go watch Shadow go and watch Bone. watch the show. <laughs> and then come and finish this episode. It's only two episodes. Uh, eight episodes, not two episodes. Yeah. I finish it in a weekend. It's fine. You and they've been, they've been approved for their second series now, so... You're yeah, not going to be stuck with a cliffhanger at the end of it and then be like, oh, and they never went back. Yeah. Exactly. That is true, too. That's why I never started Firefly, because I know it stops. Oh, that's such a heartbreaking one. I'm sorry. <sighs> See, I, I don't, don't want like to put Firefly. myself through this. You, you don't <laughs> yeah. like Firefly? I don't like Firefly. A lot of people must not have liked Firefly, because why would it otherwise have not been <laughs> aired for another season or a few more? I'm a terrible nerd. I don't like a lot of things that I'm meant to like. Firefly is the mm. best. I get put in the corner a lot. I don't you like Terry Pratchett should. either. I don't really like Terry Pratchett. But yeah. I'm like, get in the corner, Vicky. <laughs> Hang your head in shame. I really <laughs> tried to read Terry are. Pratchett again, but it wasn't. Wasn't. I don't know. Maybe I need to get really into the Terry Pratchett books to really love them, but it's so hard to get into them because, boy, what the fuck are you even telling me? <laughs> I'm like you just threw words on a page. That's sometimes what it feels like, yeah. And then, that's yeah. A, and then I don't know what what are you trying to tell me? Where do you actually want to go? What I'm is going on? I'm just terrible at humor in books. I think I have no sense of humor. I don't no. get it. It doesn't translate for me. I can I, really feel it when a book either. is trying to be funny and it makes me cringe. I don't get the humor. Is it supposed to be a humorous book? Yeah. This. Oh. I mean, that's something. It's not Douglas Adams. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but also, we're not here to talk about Terry Pratchett. Sorry for pooping on him randomly get... here. We're getting cancelled left, right, and centre today. I know. We are. Um, yeah, so Shadow and Bone. So what did you guys think? I liked it. Um, but I didn't... I, I wanted more. I feel like it was like Shadow and Bone Light that they kind of mentioned things that I feel like were really important for the story. But I was like, this, but what? Like all the political stuff and the fold and um, uh, most mostly that, the political stuff and the fold. And I'm like, I feel like I don't know enough about this to really appreciate what this show is trying to get across here. And also, why is everybody falling in love with each other <laughs> were they though yes <laughs> like why is everybody in this freaking eight episode show boning or in a relationship or pining or something i mean every everybody ya is like kind of i don't know, know. that's just so tired that's because me, we're and, me and tom were both like too much love like of course they're getting together uh-huh mm -hmm, of course <laughs> Why is she 
in love with the person who kidnapped her, like the slaver, and he's all of a sudden in love with the witch. Who he's I been, mean, like, because he's like really to. fucking hot, is why. <laughs> like this was the one where I was like, "Fuck me!" Fair I enough. Was, like I was, I, I, I'm questioning this with that guy at some point, which is not true, but like. He was like really good looking. He was a bit of a twat, but like not when he was getting naked and everything. But I feel, I, I feel like Nina and Matthias are my favorite. Like I love them <laughs> because Matthias, although he comes from this very prejudicial background and he was kind of indoctrinated as a kid, he's so kind. Like, especially when you see him with the rest of the Katadam crew, because, uh, spoilers, they're going to, like, meet up and all do a thing together. Um, he is the only one of them that's actually nice and seems to have, like, a shred of human decency. Like, if they kidnap people, he's like, well, shall we look after the person we've kidnapped? Because, <laughs> I mean, they I'm might eat feeding the or something. They seem pretty people. upset. Maybe we should talk to them. <laughs> yeah, he, it feels like the rest of them have grown up in this really harsh atmosphere where they've just dulled all of their emotions. And he's the only one who's like, maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> To be honest, he just I really reminds me of my husband him a lot. <laughs> yeah, I do but think yeah. they had a nice banter. Like the banter mm -hmm. between those two is the one that, I, like, when it was good because it wasn't good for very long. Um, that was really nice. And Nina um, is a plus size character. <laughs> I mean, yes, but also is she though? I think once you put her next to the other women, it will show a bit more. She definitely is in the books. And I was yeah. pleased that they had gone to some extent to putting that in the TV series. I mean, it's still... I mean, she's as plus size as they're going to make it on public television, exactly. basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was because a bit where she, she was naked like in a fur and she had a proper hip. chunky arm and I was like, yes! <laughs> Didn't even yeah, notice I did see that. that. I, I, I did notice that. I was like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> little bit of representation there for us chunky <laughs> girls. <laughs> um, but what pieces Money, what me off about this... Hang on two seconds. What pieces me <laughs> off about this is that they put her in as something, somebody super plus size when she's in reality, she's not. Like mm -hmm. that's why, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna put in this woman who is like normal sized woman, like every other woman you would see on the street kind of woman, and that already makes her plus size for Hollywood, and that's what what's annoying me. Like I get it, and I'm excited that they're in there, but also at the same time, it's like bullshit at the same time. I remember, anyway. going, I remember going to the Harry Potter studios and kind of they had a display when I was there of all of the different costumes of mm -hmm. the actors and just seeing Emma Watson's costumes and being like, oh my oh. God. <laughs> like, like we're so yeah. used to seeing that and being I like, know. that's what a normal human being looks like. No, it really isn't. No, <laughs> no, that's it. That's what it is. It's like you, you have this, this assumption because you see them on TV all the time that this is normal. But when you look outside and look around, that's not fucking normal. But when, when you have like a whole crowd of normal thing. people yeah. next to that tiny costume. <laughs> exactly. Um, what did I think of this? In general, I am surprised that a series that I didn't, like, I didn't hate it, but there are so little characters I actually liked, and considering that's the case, I'm, I'm surprised I watched it till the end. And it's not that I it ended up at the end and I'm like, oh my god, this was horrible, because that's not, kind of not what I, what, what I thought, but there are so many characters in, in this entire series where I'm like, you're all just fucking annoying me. 
Like, like, what the fuck is wrong with Alina? Like, what the fuck is she even doing? Like, like, what are they? Then, then Mal, what the fuck is up with him? Like, and I couldn't, couldn't forget. I, I had this constant thing in my brain. Wasn't there something with this actor at some point? Didn't we have like a geek girl in the news article about this actor of some kind of it being some some weird or something? I didn't. That I just kept thinking about it. it. I should have looked it up maybe to help myself with it. But I just kept thinking about this. This is this actor kind of problematic in a way. I feel like he must have been problematic or something. But he, they are like he. They are just pining after each other. But then all of a sudden, Alina is super f great with getting together and like homping that fucking general then this other this this blue wind wind grisha there was like fuck this and then she's gonna does she, she's want to jump that fucking general too and i'm like you're also annoying the only p two people that i kind of really enjoyed were, were jesper he was mm -hmm. he was Jesper's hilarious yeah best person also it was gay, amazing, amazing casting as well he, yeah. the actor is just exactly the way he is in the book they could be great yeah it could be based on him also gay That's in the awesome. book um pansexual i think yes he, he will amazing. literally bone anything is great <laughs> well Fine. they put it as he will flirt with anything but i mean yes he'll we know what flirting means <laughs> It's the way I YA book. It's kind of like implied, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Then and who was the other character? Inesh. Yes, they were. Everyone my loves Inesh. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I mean, in hindsight, also um, Matthias, and which is very awkward to say like that, to be honest. Um, but not because not uh, it's he's not a character that I liked. Like I just like them because it was still like super. Pr um, prejudice and everything and that kind of started to annoy me but him naked was great and um the the the, the banter between him and nina i kind of liked is she yeah, called nina really yeah yeah mm -hmm, she is yeah and everyone else i was just like and then this bone situation how fucking awkward was that Ugh, i don't know so and again, all of the I'm characters that... that you like are from the six of crows books and all the ones you don't like are from shadow and bone interesting that is. And How, I think, actually, I think it shows a lot from the way that she writes her characters that Shadow and Bone was the trilogy that she wrote first. And it is very YA. It's very YA chosen one. And then Six of Crows, kind of all of the characters are a lot more diverse. They're a lot more nuanced. Mm. They're a lot more interesting and like mm. fun to get to know. So Shadow and Bone is a trilogy that the author wrote. And mm -hmm. then... The other one you mentioned is a trilogy that comes after that. Six of Crows is a duology. So it's Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom that she wrote after the trilogy. And it's set about, I think, five years later. Okay. okay. But it's also, it takes place in a completely different place. Okay. Hmm. So, yeah, what you said about the politics being really big, but not really explained. It's something that I saw a lot of people have difficulty with. Um, and I don't know if it's because they wanted to give a sense that there is a much bigger world and the world is really well developed, but they wanted to be able to hone in and they maybe didn't manage that too well. For the show or for the books? For the show. Okay. I mean, there is also so much sometimes that you can, that you can transpire in a way when you display it on TV and you only ever see what is going on with like two fucking characters. Mm. So it's like... You have these occasional switch between the group of people, but that doesn't give you the opportunity in the movie to kind of explain the broader thing behind it because you don't 
read the monologue that people are having with themselves in a monologue, (laughs) which often happens in books and like other kinds of side mentions or something. Um, So, I think it might also be a symptom of them smooshing the Six of Crows gang in because Mm. the way that she, well, the way that she wrote Six of Crows is to um, do different chapters from different characters' point of view and all of the characters are from different places. So you kind of get a sense of their background and the place where they're from, from their narrative, Mm -hmm. which obviously you can't do in a TV series because Mm. you can't shoot from behind one person's point of view for a little bit and then... yeah. I think they did that a bit to kind of give um, the Darkling, Ben Barnes, more of a background when they did mm. the uh, the scene of showing how he made the fold because that doesn't appear in the books. Mm-hmm. We never get oh, that. Doesn't. So that's something that they added in. And I think that that okay. was a good decision. I think so too. Um, because, yeah, without it, I was really like, what is the fold? Like, why... Is- why is this a thing and why is it terrifying in the middle and okay the the dark heretic like made it but how why what i'm still not quite sure i got the why though i'm not sure either angry like, emo guy power. yeah that's it like it was just i want all he the just power and can't get it and then i lost my shit and now we have that fucking wall here that's and i want to make it bigger why nobody knows nobody knows do you yeah. know no because i haven't read the second book yet oh. i'm hoping i will know gosh i hope so i mean yeah. i feel that's already something that his mother already said so i'm like i don't feel i would have nec- because that was kind of just what the mother already had said to alina when alina then fled and then mm-hmm. then we just saw it again it was just like a bit more dramatic because you could see it happen but like the gist of what what happened we already knew in a way yeah i guess it's kind of good to see what actually happened because there's a lot of different people giving different accounts Mm. and without that it might be hard to know who to believe yeah true can we talk about ben barnes for a minute because i don't know if you guys know this but he got the job basically because he was fan cast Oh, really? He kind of turned up to a meeting with the showrunners with a bunch of printouts from Tumblr and was like, so they all want me to be this guy. (laughs) No way. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) I mean, that's really epic. He's very charming. Uh, I love that, actually. Um, (laughs) And I read here on the IMDb trivia page that um, Jessie May Lee had a gigantic crush on Ben Barnes when she was younger and she had a poster of him on her wall um, from when he was in the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> so no, and now she's getting word. to kiss him and like in a in a show and that's like, so adorable. I, I have to say Isn't from the adorable? pictures of them together I've seen on Instagram like behind the scenes they they look cuddly. Oh. Oh, are they in a relationship? That would be great. I don't know. It's like Jason Momoa and his wife. He also pined feel, after her. <laughs> I did feel a little bit like the guy playing Mal kind of paled in comparison. Like, I don't find mm. Mal very interesting anyway. Yeah. But Ben Barnes is hard to live up to as a as a separate romantic interest. I it's don't true. Under- it's like, mm. <laughs> Bless him. I don't Bless quite him understand what is... <laughs> I don't... I wasn't that into that... that What's this guy? Ben Barnes guy. Like, I'm like, 
cute. I already when I saw him, I was like, there's something wrong with you. And then it's all like, yeah, maybe there's not some, not anything wrong with, with the guy. And then I'm like, and yes, like Deb says, Mal is the nice guy. And I always root for the nice guy because I'm like, they have a lot of value. Not everybody is needs to nice go for guy? the bad guy. He's I just pining, he's a nice though. Guy. Like, was he pining? He did he have like he any refers kind to of her as his little friend? <laughs> well, huh? did he have any kind of personality at all that wasn't <laughs> "I'm in love with Alina and I will do anything to make sure that she is safe"? No, including of course get not. like dead five hundred times, but ha- somehow I but never still died. go across the country. <laughs> I'm like. Been stabbed I like twenty agree. times, but it's fine. But I mean, this that that dedication for someone that is <laughs> nice. Like that's like, I don't have someone in my life who's dedicated to me like that. Not even my dog is like that. He's like, fuck this shit. I'm not gonna like, <laughs> cross country for you. You can just like do whatever. And so I'm like. Ugh. This is like, I, but I, but I do understand it. This is like a really fucked up, fucked up standpoint of romance because that's in reality really not what you want, um, because it's also not healthy. But whatever they've mm-hmm. got going on is not healthy in general. So like, it's also not healthy from her because she's just like jumping around with whatever, and then all day they, they they're just having each other in a way or well, no way because nobody fucking knows. Relationships in your teens ever healthy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's a significant lack of emotional maturity there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Though, like, not gonna lie, the scenes with the General Kurgan, the Darkling, the Dark Heretic, whatever we want to call him, and Alina when they were like getting closer and doing all the kissing and being like, I was like, "Hello, gross abuse of power! <laughs> what the fuck?" <laughs> I, w- I was very angry. Like, that was all that my head was saying. It was just like, gross abuse of power. No, Alina, no, no, why? <laughs> and then I was, t- obviously, I mean, Tom she and I went was- for a walk and, t- yeah. and like, we were talking about this and I just kept repeating that to him. I was like, it was disgusting. Why? Gross misuse of power. How dare he do that? How dare he? <laughs> this is what I was like in Fleabag when she got together with the hot priest and they had sex. What? And everyone else is like, yay, hot priest. And I was like, no, he told he told her that he wouldn't try and have sex with her. <laughs> Bad. Bad I'm not priest. sure I agree with you there. Because that's not a misuse of power because he's a priest and they are not related in any way. Just because he's a priest doesn't make him powerful to every other person on the planet. Just when you're not religious to every and other he person wasn't. on the planet, but I think that there is a duty of care if you are like a faith leader for someone. I mean, I dated a faith leader, so I can tell you that that's not true. <laughs> you would think that, but that's not what's going on. <laughs> I haven't seen season two of Fleabag, so I don't have an opinion. Oh, Carry Amanda, on. Fucking no, it's hell. Okay. I, I knew that that was a thing. Because money, obviously. No, it's okay. Money talks about the priest and the relationship because that's relevant to her life. So I know that that's a thing that happens. So that's that's fine. I that's mean, no everybody. Just, like, Carry like... on, you two. <laughs> That I don't, I don't, and I, and then in the end, they're still human, and I think that's the reason. That's something that when you have a role like a priest, people forget that you're actually also human, and so that's just made him human for me. And in the end, like he's just human. There is, there is definitely a difference between that and someone who is like immortal. <laughs> but she didn't know that he was immortal at the time, did she? And no. also, she was going at him, and he wasn't going at her. She was just he? throwing herself at him. 
Wow. I think it was very much the other way around. He was, like, enticing her at every step of the way. I did not. That's did just not. Ben Barnes's face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can see he that. He can't help it, Amanda. <laughs> He's cursed. <laughs> no, like I, I think, like He's yeah, eventually she was, face. she was hot for him. But like, I do really believe that it was, you know, it, it was his intention to make her have these feelings for him so that she'd be easier to ma- manipulate. I mean, obviously Something... he wanted whatever, everything from her. Um, but it... I didn't feel like he was necessarily at that point when she was because for me it was kind of like oh well now you're kind of into him because you don't have kind of a time frame how long it how much time is passing only kind of until the point where she complains to mal that it has been months and i'm like has it though i know i was <laughs> like, like i thought it was a week how, how long <laughs> and that's why i'm like it didn't feel like you don't know like it you couldn't perceive how much time has passed from the moment she got there to the time that she was all of a sudden like super into him or whatever and if i feel like what we saw was kind of this build-up of this relationship together in general anyway and and i don't i mean and he always told her how much she is an equal to him so it wasn't like he was that i would rather consider him bonking with another blue coated lady that I consider that more an abuse of power than whatever he did with Elena or didn't do in the end. Something that I enjoy about the storyline is the way that when Elena is separated from Mal, like the development of her power is very much kind of a metaphor for her learning to give a shit about herself mm. and kind of letting go of feeling like she is an attachment to Mal and learning to stand on her own two feet. And I I can't remember if it's the same in the book, but I wasn't keen on the series about the way that she kind of, she lost that attachment, but then immediately clung back onto mm. Kirigan. And then mm-hmm. she had like half an episode maybe where she got away from Kirigan and was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. Oh, look, Mel's here. Cling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Sure. Also, what is that entire Saints conversation? Uh, that's also kind of, bothering me to a weird degree we need more like background and lore about the her being a saint and like car because they don't call kirigan a saint no why is she all of a sudden a saint because she has light instead of dark shadow or whatever it's very irritating i think that it's because of the that there's kind of a background of a belief that a sun summoner will arrive who can destroy the fold so it's the fact that that person has arrived hmm yeah, it was just really awkward. There are so many awkward situations, I feel, where I'm like, I, where it, th- that's why I'm so surprised that in the end I'm like, well, I want to watch the second one because I want to continue. I want to know what's what's going to happen, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly, considering I don't have a lot of characters, actually, that, are, that I'm super excited about because the two main ones, I'm like, you're just annoying. Like, I'm definitely glad that they spliced the stories together. Well, they spliced the mm. characters together. I think just the Shadow and Bone story on its own wouldn't have held up to a huge amount of scrutiny. Mm. Yeah, I can we... see that, especially because, like, I think, well, definitely for me and Moni, and maybe you as well, Vicky, like, the the characters of, like, Kazanej and Jesper were the favorites. Um, so, like, if they weren't there, I was like, what, what would I be mm. interested in here right now? What did we think of Kaz? Which one is that again? I have a lot of mixed feelings about Kaz. Oh, yeah. Um, 
but like imme- I, I liked him immediately, but I was like, is he, is he an, he's just like, he's just an asshole. And I was like, oh, <laughs> but then look at the series, like the, the way that he's, or like the world that he is in, like he kind of needs to do what he does in order to survive. And I think he actually has quite a lot of loyalty and love for, um, what, what is it? The Crow Club? Is that mm. what that, it's called? Yeah, the Crow Club. And like the people that do the jobs with him and everything. Like, I think that there is a lot of love or respect or something like some camaraderie or something there and by the end of it he was like you know really up there and i i I appreciated him a lot as a character um and i I quite like him and a disabled character yes that is true but i'm still very indifferent to him like i'm also one night i'm like yeah you're kind of all right but also if you wouldn't be there don't think i would miss a lot and and it's also and, and what annoyed me about him is his pining after Inej. Like yeah. that's that's really all it felt like it was for me. Like he was just he wanted her so badly but couldn't have her. But I don't know why he couldn't have. Nobody's talking about their feelings then in this fucking book. Why the fuck is nobody talking? We already aren't great <laughs> with talking about feelings. Because they don't want to do his backstory until they get to the Six of Crows storyline, probably. <laughs> there, are, there are, like, big plot reasons that they are... <sighs> yeah, they're a tense couple. They're both mm. very fucked up. <laughs> mm. I mean, yeah. But it just God, feels God, like... Yeah. yeah. It feels like this entire... There are so many, and I mean, Amanda isn't wrong when she says, like, everybody is kind of belong with everyone, and there's so much, and because there kind of is, right? But nobody's talking about it. (laughs) So I'm like, what? Well, the only people that really do talk about it are Matthias and Nina. Like, they actually do kind of talk about their feelings and how, like, because Matthias is the only one with any emotional maturity. I mean, even Jasper talked more about that fucking goat or that guy who picked up with okay, the disabled. That was the I was that was the moment I fell in love with Jasper. I was like, he loves goats as much as I do. Soulmates. <laughs> I already liked him before that. There is a like Milo T-shirt. That, like, that's I'm waiting to get my it. hand on a Milo T-shirt. Yeah. Even with a, even when he hooked up with that guy in the stables he was, it was like they were, they were like even talking after it. they were like this was great whatever and i was like this is the only conversation about how a relationship ever even if it's just a fucking one that sent you'll never see each other again but there was some conversation but that, conversation, that conversation bugged the shit out of me why ah <laughs> uh, because it was like they I, I don't know if it's like implied that that's jesper's first time or something but they seemed astounded that fucking existed i, I don't no. like scenes where it's like Wow. Wow. Like maybe it was just really good. That's what I that's what I read from that scene. They just had a really great time and they didn't expect a casual hookup in the stable to be such a great time. That's I guess what I so. read. I mean there's there's not a lot of lube and stuff in a stable, is there? I mean Yeah. I mean And I did come off rewatching is. that episode straight from watching have you guys seen the Lovecraft Country adaptation? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. There's an episode with a lot of very brutal sex and rape in it. And I kind of came from that to that episode oh, with. No. And I was like, no, none of the sex is right. It's all like Goldilocks sex. It's, <laughs> it's either appalling <laughs> and violent and hideous or it's astounding. Like, no, this is, this is not 
certainly yeah. my experience of sex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I was, like, really appreciative of, like, the, you know, the fact that there is a, well, pansexual character and that they showed, like, uh, sex, but well, they didn't show the sex, but they showed, like, that there was sex. There, between, there very like, clearly was sex. Oh, very clearly, yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I loved that. I was like, yes, this is great. Yeah. Like, thank you for the gay representation here. Like, it's not just straight couples because I there's a one series in particular that had eight eight people in it, four men and four women, and they all coupled up in straight pairings. And I was like, there was so much opportunity here. Come on. <laughs> um, so I, I was, like, appreciative that there was something other than, like, a straight pairing. Um, yeah. But it just, it, it was like, is that, that just didn't feel very authentic to me. <laughs> I suppose until you've shagged a stable hand whilst in the middle of a heist... Well, it's hard to, to be say. an ambassador. <laughs> you can't know. I mean, that is really maybe true. in those situations you don't need lube, or maybe you can use something within the stables. Definitely use something within the stables because I'm pretty sure there's stuff you put on a saddle so that it's like soft and oh, shit. That's fair. So I but mean, you know, I don't know what that, that is. My brain just goes, "Hey, that's all the stable." If you can sit take. on it all the time, why don't you want to put it up in your bum? We have confirmation from Twitch chat, thank you, that the mechanics of this do in fact work. Okay, so thank excellent. You. Thank you. I just, I, it otherwise felt to me that it was just a, just something that happened and there was not a big fuss about, which I, which is something that I appreciate because often yeah. when there is some, some kind of representation, they just put it out there as this big situation and this like, this, this, look at us go, we have a gay representation in this series and this was just, they fucked with each other, they had a great time and then everybody moved on and they never saw each other yeah. again. Great. It is completely <laughs> normal in the world. Mm? Like, I, th I think that Nina is also... Um, it's implied that she's either bisexual or pansexual and then there are other gay characters who appear in Six of Crows and like nothing is ever there's never any kind of heartfelt I'm gay chat it's, yeah, it's all very it just like is. this is the yeah, way things it happen yeah. mm -hmm. and that's just what it, what it felt like to be honest yeah that, it's really nice that was, that was really cool mm -hmm. it was um, the other thing in the series that like I feel I I would have appreciated a bit more explanation and and reasoning behind was all the racism. Like, why does everybody hate everybody? And like, what's wrong with shoes? Why does everybody hate the shoes? It like, doesn't I really was... matter. Like, it doesn't like there was so much between everyone, even like especially the shoe situation, but also like. Wasn't there somebody else where I was like, where is this all of a sudden coming from? Like, why do you hate each other so much? So this has kind of been a big controversy because this was introduced by the adaptation. Um, um, there is not this level of racism, particularly against Shuhan in the books. Um, and it's really interesting because a lot of people have complained about adding racism where racism doesn't need to be but i um saw an interview with the uh the main actress jesse may lee um who is chinese american and she was talking about how she had never really been able to have a role that addressed the things that she went that she goes through as a chinese american and that it was actually really refreshing for her so yeah that there is that i've seen a lot of fans complain about it hmm. but it's interesting that there are kind of both points of view 
Mm-hmm. I think I think for the most part it's really confusing because they refer to her as Shu without any explanation of what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I saw a friend on Facebook was like, "What's wrong with shoes? I thought they were talking about shoes." It's like, um, uh, yeah, that could have been explained better. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm like. I totally understand that, you know, the racism probably has a really relevant role mm. here or it's like, like Jesse May Lee is saying, you know, it was really refreshing, but I'm like, but why? Yeah. Like, maybe it's I just showing really, us again how white and fragile we are with the topic of racism in every corner. Maybe. Like, yeah, because people with different ethnicities probably go through one of those at least every single fucking day. And just mm. because we see it now on, t- on television, um, in a way that is not just merely hinted at with everyday casual racism, um, which is already bad enough, but it's just like straight in your face fucking racism. Um, that just comes off so surprising because we all as white people often try to hide and pretend like we don't, we're not racist and we don't have any of these issues. And, and now there is the series out there that's just like right in your face with it. Mm-hmm. To a degree that that is unsurprising because we haven't had that in a while. Like, I can't remember a series where it was, like, that obvious. Um, yeah. I think that is the thing as well. When you, when you kind of ask, well, why is the racism there? It's like, well, why why is any racism there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, and just because we, as white people, don't see it does not mean it's not uh, out there and people are not influenced by it every day to a degree as we see it on the show mm. i think the other thing jesse maley was talking about was the kind of theme going through of alina being asked what are you and that mm. being a question that is asked very much about race even mm. even if the show the implication is that it's about what what are her powers what is she capable of mm. there's also that element to it yeah there is actually a really good podcast that Netflix put out with kind of behind the scenes with the different actors and stuff nice. that was really interesting. Oh, well, um, we'll link that in our show notes um, for sure. I gobbled them up. <laughs> also, I suppose um, the combination of her constantly being treated like, like being racist racistly that's not a word but being addressed in a racist racist way and her being the saint at the same time i think that's also something where she's like treated like shit constantly but also so mm. she's actually the saint and she's the one who's gonna save everyone it's i suppose that thing of i don't know jesus being made white isn't it there's almost yeah, like yeah. there's an element of that going on yeah which is really interesting mm. so yeah it was definitely an interesting choice it's not necessarily been a popular one but I can, maybe, I can kind of see where they're coming from. Yeah. Maybe my question is not so much like, why does everybody hate each other? Because like we say, like racism, why does racism exist anyways? You know, it's a very big question. But like, maybe it's more like, what are the differences? Um, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. The, because... the lack of kind of backstory is mm-hmm. it really, isn't it? Like, I think for sure, like it's... Are the shoe? What are they? Shoe, shoe Han, shoe Han, shoe Han, shoe Han. Um, did people hate them? And I'm like, is it because they're Asian? Like, do they all like? Is is that is that a thing? Is that a correlation? Um, and I don't know. Like, these are the things that you don't know. But then, because that I was like, is she the only Asian in this? Um, and that was like a correlation that I had. And 
But maybe in the end it doesn't even matter. True. Because also for racism, it doesn't really matter what people use as a reason. They, the reason for racism is that some people find themselves superior to other people based mm. on random, random categories that they decide are the reason for them being superior. It's maybe the color of your skin, that maybe the uh, shape of your eyes, that maybe, I don't know, because you came from that country with that kind of border and the other pe person didn't. Um, and whatever whatever happens or whatever the people who consider themselves as superior deem as superior in the moment and it could yeah. be anything because it's not something that's kind of passed over from the books i'm not entirely sure but i thought it was interesting that inej who is suli mm -hmm. um didn't seem to experience any racism based on the color of her skin yeah so mm -hmm. i don't know if it's kind of a specific thing that they come up against that nation yeah yeah that's the other thing right jasper also didn't really no just just ageist with him <laughs> <laughs> oh this is an interesting thing what what did we think about the characters ages do we read them as teenagers because this is a no. huge criticism of the books and especially when I was reading Six of Crows with my husband and they kind of referred to being 15 or 16, he was like, what? No, no, I think they're just like the, the years are longer. So it translates that they're like 35. <laughs> they claim to be 15 or 16 or whatever. Yeah. Oh, no, not at all. No. Well... I I would have put probably like the Jesper and Ejing Kaz crew like in their thirties, um, and probably Alina and Mal in their late teens, maybe early twenties because like they were probably early twenties because they were like yeah their well, priorities just seem that kind of teenage, don't they? It, mm -hmm. It's very much who am I going to fall in love with next, and the others yeah. are kind of more like okay, who do I kill to get some money? Exactly. I mean, that's really. <laughs> Who I do I kill say, to pay really my rent? Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were focusing on work life. You know, that's how it goes in that that situation. And the others were about who am I falling in love with? It's. I don't think it's a massive spoiler, but in the the second Six of Crows book, Jesper's father turns up. And that is just a weird experience because he's because that kind of reinforces that they're meant to be a lot younger than they read. Hmm. Wow. But yeah, oh, no. I've seen a lot of YA authors, um, particularly debut authors and authors who are unsigned as yet, kind of complaining that there is now a perception that teenagers act like 30 year olds because of Six of Crows <laughs> and that they're being told to kind of age their characters up. I mean, I don't think. I mean, there is a weird fucking combination of, of me thinking, well, I've always, I always like to treat teenagers as if they are adults. And that they also make decisions and they also do things that are just as good or just as valid as any other adult person. Um, so because we treat them often as, as children as, as, and as if their opinion doesn't matter... Um, I feel we kind of take away a lot from their capabilities. So I assume also in a world where there are no parents around really and they had to fight for their orphans, had to grow up really fast. So stuck maybe the they army. could be stuck in the army. Yeah. Um, 
had to make a living because you don't know where to live so you have to become a smuggler and a heist and like lead <laughs> some crew or whatever um mm -hmm. and you and then age doesn't really matter anymore so i feel like you can be grown up at, at the t as a teenager's age really fast when you put in certain positions but at the same time they do read way older yeah i don't know if that's maybe part of why some of alina's actions and decisions come off as a bit incongruous because she has been put in this position that is an adult's yeah. position kind of in the army and then being expected to be like this super witch yeah but hmm. still kind of with the emotional maturity of a teenager yeah and the emotional experience of a teenager very true mm. i feel she's you notice some kind of growing up for her in a way um, like you can see as you already mentioned before the progress of her finding herself but then this clinging to somebody else and clinging to, to that's happening really fast but I feel by the end of the series we reached a point where it's like okay um, you might be it just didn't feel like the situation between Mal and her was still awkward but less awkward because she's more like I need to find my path now I need to find how I'm going to do things now and it was less of a you need to save me, damsel in distress situation. More of a, okay, you have my support now and we're going to go through this together and I'm going to fight for you, but we need to figure out what you want to do and how, and I need to figure out what I am, how I am and where I am and what's going on. In a way. I really I enjoy know. that kind of last scene between Alina and the Ketadam crew where, the, where they're kind of like, well, we were going to get a million Kruger for taking you in what's going to happen with that mm. and mal kind of looks for a moment like he's going to bodyguard her and she's like back off look yeah. here have some mm -hmm. jewelry yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i can deal have with this shit now <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah definitely maybe they're going to grow up a bit more maybe it's just so way at ya that i'm like i will read the next book and tell you if it's going to improve yes <laughs> yes um i think like my only other complaint about it i sound like i've been pooping on this show a lot today, but like for the most part i actually did really enjoy it i just have a lot of questions and i think like my concern come and my que and my pooping on it comes from just wanting more information mm -hmm. um because it was so predictable and i know like ya is and romance is so fucking predictable but like you know when kerrigan is in the fold and he's taken away by the, the by the creature the and you know uh yeah the volcra and then like we knew right away we're like, he's not dead. <laughs> yeah I mean, he's obviously already... going to come out <laughs> the entire way through i watched it with my husband who at that time hadn't read anything and like for the first four or five episodes i was like don't trust ben barnes ben barnes is bad ben barnes is always evil don't trust him <laughs> 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 yeah but yeah he i think that he found it a lot easier watching it with someone who was able to give him a bit of background information yeah probably yeah. find yourself a pet fan <laughs> we did yeah. we invited him on our podcast <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, deb says even with the reading the main main book she wasn't a fan of the show oh mm. i did enjoy it like I, I wouldn't have enjoyed it if it didn't have the Ketadam gang in it, and I'm mm, not sure I would have yeah. watched it actually if it didn't have those guys in because I was really excited to see them, yeah. especially after I saw that Jasper looked so awesome and Inej. Yeah, yeah. and the, oh, the guy who plays Kaz really looks like how I imagined Kaz, but he doesn't at all act the way I imagined. 
That's my Ooh, only that's interesting. annoyed bit of casting. Okay. Because it feels like he only has one facial expression. Yeah, that is true. He's got bit. like yeah, the... Sure. A little bit like... And that's it. Is that, is that poo that I smell? <laughs> <laughs> All of the time. Like even when time. he was trying mm-hmm. to do a little heist bit where he was pretending to be a flamboyant artist, he ri- yeah. He did not roll well. <laughs> no. Well, he no. must have rolled well because his roleplay was awful, but he still went and got the thing. <laughs> yeah, probably. True. So yeah, yeah, that's my one complaint. So do you think that they were an accurate representation? Did, did they do the, the books justice? Maybe what I'm asking. Yeah, I think so. And I think Lee Bardugo is really happy with it. And she made a cameo in it and she like she's been giving it a lot of support. Um, and I think it shows that she was very involved just from like little bits, like there being a non-binary character that just kind of pops up for one scene and then is gone again. And I think Ooh. her ethos of... Oh, ooh? Ooh. Oh, um, there was a part where Kaz went to one of the brothels and it, I read it as a non-binary oh, character. Yeah. I did too. Uh, who is kind of making their self up oh, in the mirror. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember. And like, it, again, it's, act- again, it's uh, one of those uh, things where it's person. really casual, where it's like, oh, this right? person is just here and is Holy being treated Poppy. completely normally and it's not a special thing Poppy. at all. Poppy. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, Poppy. I think that the world was really well imagined and they've done a lot of work kind of making up the languages even because that's Mm. not in the book at all. So they they got in the kind of the Game of Thrones person who made up Dothraki and said, you know, can you you write some Ravkin for us? So yeah, I think they've invested a lot into it. There There were parts that let it down for me. Uh, is the kind of the predictable YA parts. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for the next series. Part of me was hoping that they would go, okay, everyone really loves the Six of Crows crew. Let's let's just forget Shadow and Bone and adapt Six of Crows. <laughs> so hopefully in the future we'll get like that. that. Just because I feel like they, they pinned it up the entire show up on that Aline situation now. Mm. And so I'm like... Though I love the other ones more, that's very true. Yeah, I'm like, put them in anything and I would watch those three together, they're fantastic. I would really recommend reading Six of Crows. It's a fantastic book. Do you need to read them in order? Is it? Do you have to read The Shadow and Bone before? No, No? I I think the most recent duology, it helps to have, from what I've heard, it helps to have some knowledge of the existing world, but I read Six of Crows not even knowing that Shadow and Bone existed. It was just kind of a book that had been recommended to me by so many people, I eventually went, yeah, sure, why not? Mm. <laughs> Fair. And loved it. <laughs> well, I think, you know, um, Tom summed it up very well for me. Um, and his, his final opinion, he's not here, as I just said. So his final opinion was, he liked it but not enough to recommend it to anybody. Like you wouldn't go out and say like, you should really watch Shadow yeah, and Bone. Yeah, that's true. But I'm he's super excited and curious for season two. Yeah, that's it's a weird situation what this show is, right? It's not like you kind of don't hate it, even though there's so many things you really don't like. Yeah, I think... But you still want to watch it. It's like mm-hmm. sadism at its best, masochism as it, as it, at its best in a weird fucking way. If I didn't already know the books, I... I wouldn't have even 
given the series a look at because I don't generally like high fantasy or second world mm. fantasy. So I think if I had just seen the trailer for it with no other context, I would have been like... <laughs> I'm going to say, if we wouldn't have said to record the show with you, I wouldn't have watched it. Uh, yeah, I am feeling a bit bad because you guys basically no. watched it because I made you. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, yes, that's true. But in the end, like I like I say, I did I did like it. I did enjoy it. And I'm now curious. You don't and I'm feel hooked, like you've lost eight hours of your life. <laughs> No, like, it's not about... We watched it because you said, like, can we do an episode of Shadow and Bone? And we were like, yeah, okay. That's why I watched it. Yeah. But now I'm like, okay, now I want to read the books. And I'm looking forward to season two. So, mm-hmm. like, thanks. Yay! Yes. Spread the Grishaverse. Spread out. <laughs> <laughs> and now go check out Blades in the Dark. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So do either of you have anything else to say about Shadow and Bone? Love Jesper. I think we have wrung it dry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Vicky, where can we find you on this big world of the internet? The best place to find me is on Twitter, where I am at vproofreader. Uh, I also very occasionally stream on Twitch. I'm Statpus on Twitch, uh, but not very often. And and, and it tends to be very lazy when I am here. (laughs) Uh, you can find out more about my gothic writing retreat that uh, is on Twitter at The Writing Haunt. Uh, and my uh, book subscription service is at the, at the Books Outside. Come buy my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me kill anyone to pay my rent. <laughs> That's true, true threat, you know? <laughs> uh. Uh, well, thank you, thank you so much for being on the show this week, Vicky. Thank, thank you for, for bringing your Shadow me. and Bones expertise. And I don't know about you, Monty, but I am definitely going to be getting into the Grishaverse. Yeah. I mean, reading-wise, sure, whenever I have time. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you again, Vicky. And we will see you next week for another amazing episode of Geek Hero. Bye! Bye! If you like this episode of Geek Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Caring and over on geekcaring.com. 